0: Welcome to Kingdom Come with Andrew Nkoyoyo, called to be God's voice, reaching people worldwide with the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us again here on Kingdom Come. We're glad you're tuning in. We are continuing with absolute surrender. I believe is the master key to maintaining a pure heart. Not only maintaining the pure heart, but having the clean hands and maintaining them and it's also, I believe, the one great condition upon which God's blessings and power will be bestowed upon you and I. So we're going to continue. Matthew 10:39. Jesus said, if you find your life, you'll lose it. But if you lose your life for his name's sake, you'll find it. The contemporary English version says, if you try to serve your life, you will lose it. How many of you here have been trying to save your life? I want your will, but not that will. I want your will, but not if you're going to ask me to do something that is going to require something from me. See, that's not surrender. But he says, if you try to save it, you're going to lose it. But if you give it up, right? That's what Jesus said. He said, lose. The contemporary says, if you give it up for me, you will surely find it. How many of you, you want to find your life? You want to find it? He says, you have to give it up. And if you try to hold on to it, you're going to lose it. The HCSB says, anyone finding his life will lose it. But anyone, I like this because it's present continuous, anyone losing his life, Because of me, we'll find it. It's continuous if you are losing your life. You see, he says, if you lose your life and keep losing your life, you're going to keep finding yours. Isn't that awesome? Because God is not only just interested in what you can do for him. He wants the glory. Now, I want you to put this in your spirit, beloved. He wants the glory that he could have. Out of you. And is the only one can. We sang that song on purpose. Spirit of the living God. Fall upon me. Breathe upon me. Fall afresh on me. Break me. Melt me. Mold me. Fill me. And use me. Only the spirit of God will do that. You see, that stubborn little wheel of yours needs to be broken. <laughs> and the Spirit of God will use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to break it down. But He says you have to turn it over. It's like a sinner will not get saved until their wheel is broken. And they can say, Jesus, I want to get saved. Their mind is renewed by the preaching and the hearing of the word of God. And then you make an altar call and they run to the altar. And then I've had meetings before I could even make the altar call. People are running to the altar because their will has been broken. And my goodness, it has come to their realization that they are sinners. And they run to the altar, weeping. Now for us believers, he was talking to believers, not to unbelievers. Here. He was saying, if you want to find... Your life. You have to lose it. You have to give it up. You have to turn it over. And the makeup of that is your mind. You see we say this is the devil's playground. The mind. But we, we rarely talk about the will. Amen. We have books. What's this? The moment you begin to read. We start teaching you how to read. We feed your mind. Right? We educate the mind. We send kids to school and we take them, them to camps and all kinds of things. To, we are educating the mind. Amen. But in the foundation of the makeup of the mind is the will that needs, really, that controls the mind. In the very foundation. And so Jesus is saying, if you're going to walk in the fullness of my will, you have to surrender your mind in which your will is embedded. Consists and to come under the control of the Holy Spirit so it can be broken, it can be melted, it can be stepped aside. So you can be filled with the knowledge of the will of God. Amen? So, Luke 22 verse 42. This is an example of a man who is telling us to lose our wills and now he has to face his own Music, so to speak. Jesus in the garden. He came to earth. He knew he was going to die at some point. But it was in that moment that all he has been preparing for came to this one time. And he said, Father, this cup is so heavy. Now watch this. There is nothing that you will do for God that he will not do through you. Jesus is in the garden. He knows what needs to happen. And the moment comes. And he said, Father, the cup is heavy. I don't know if I can drink it. But watch this. Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. I don't know if you have ever prayed that prayer. But I prayed kind of a similar prayer. Lord, I don't think I can do this. If it is your will, Send me, let me do something simple. Let me go, no, maybe, let's wait a few more months. You know what I mean? You have never, oh my, why? You guys don't need a pure heart. I pray those prayers. I've been in so many times when I'm saying, I don't, I can't, I can't do it. And then the Holy Spirit will call you to the truth. Here, Jesus faces this dilemma says, if you can, if it is your will, take it away. And he says, what we all need to respond, the right response. He said, nevertheless, listen, not my will. Can you say that? Not my will, but yours be done. He was a dead man. The moment he said, he threw up his hands and said, not my will. Nevertheless, it is heavy, it's painful. I don't know if I can go through this, what you have called me. Maybe you're watching and you're a minister. Maybe you're not even a minister, a homemaker. And you're going through something and you're saying, God, what did I get myself into? Just throw up your hands and say, Father, not my will, but yours be done. The moment he said that, there was nothing else they could do after that that had already happened. Because when he lost his will, he had died. See, Jesus did not die on the cross. He died in the garden. That's why after that, all they did to him, it didn't matter because his will had been lost to the will of God. And so he could present his whole body a living sacrifice. You know what? Because he had died. That's why Romans says that you have to surrender yourself unto God as those that have come from death to life. And your members as instruments. Why? Because when your will is lost to the will of God. There is nothing the devil can do to you. There is nothing. People ask me. How, can, how is it to live? You haven't seen your family in almost 15 years. How is that? Why? Because it's not my will. It's not up to me. It is his will. And it's not you trying to work it. It's the Holy Spirit working the will of God. Both to please what He pleases. But your will has to be lost. I know that it's hard to hear. But I'm telling you. You're trying to find out the will of God. <laughs> You will know. It doesn't matter how many scriptures. Watch this. This is going to set you free from all these answered prayers and answered prayers. You are praying and you are quoting scriptures. Just stop and say, God, not my will. Because it tells us in scripture that if you ask anything according to my will, it will be done. So how come we are praying for so many things and they're not happening? I believe one of them is that we are praying out of God's will. I've been in places where people are prophesying. Not the will of God, but they're prophesying their desires and their emotions and the things they would like to happen. Are you listening to me, church? Because if we are going to truly walk in the power of the Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit, we have to lose our will so we can begin to walk in the fullness of the will of God. You know what? Because in the center of God's will, the devil cannot touch you when you're located there. You know, somebody asked me, I was teaching at one university in South Africa, and somebody asked me, what is success? And I said, well, success is being in the center of God's will. If you are in the center of God's will, to me, you are successful. It doesn't matter whether you are broke financially. If you are in the center of God's will, you are blessed. Because your blessing is on the way. Are you listening to me, church? You see, beloved, if we are seeking revival for America, for, for this town and for this state, we have to stop and begin to say, God, we surrender our will concerning your, your city, your people. What are you doing? Not our will, but yours be done. And I'm telling you, you're going to begin to hear a sound from heaven that is different from the sound you've been putting out. Because now the floodgates of heaven are opening up to you and God is saying, not that. And you've spent so much time. I'm talking from experience. You've spent so much time investing in this. And you're upset at the devil. You're upset at God and everybody around you. And you're blaming and you're kind of like, like a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. And all you need is, God is saying, surrender your will. Surrender your will. Because when you let your will go, the spirit of God. Who imparts the will of God is going to fill you with the knowledge of the will of God. And you see, in Romans, it tells us that after your mind has been renewed and brought to the, to the surrender, to the control of the Holy Spirit, you can begin to discern, right, what is good and perfect, what is good, acceptable, and perfect will. So you will be able to tell what is your will. What is the devil's will for you? What the devil is planning in you? What is good, but it's not the perfect will of God? And there is the acceptable will, but it's not the perfect will of God. And most of us, we have lived in the good or acceptable. Why? Because we don't want to talk about this will that we have to bring to the Holy Spirit to help us to take control of it so that the will of God will begin to be unleashed. Am I talking to someone? I know I'm talking to myself because God is convicting me. Even as I'm preaching. You know, I had some other things that I wanted to go in, and he said, Son, this is it. You have, you can't rush this absolute surrender because everything hinges on it. You see, Jesus died in order for him to do the will of God. How about you? Have you died? Have I died? That's the question. And if not, I'm showing you what you need to bring to God. Amen? And it's not you. Hebrews 9.14 He says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who, now watch this, through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He says, Even Christ in order for him to offer himself, he did it through the work of the Holy Spirit. And here the Holy Spirit is referred to as the eternal spirit. You see, because why? Because the Holy Spirit imparts eternity. He imparts eternal life. It's through the blood, but that's why he convicts you and he imparts that to you. So here he says for, in order for Jesus to go through this death in the garden... Manifested on the cross. He did it through the Holy Spirit. Who is the eternal spirit. It wasn't the cunning cleverness of man. It wasn't the human arm of strength. It was through the eternal spirit. And ladies and gentlemen. That eternal spirit is available to you and I. To be able to offer ourselves. A living sacrifice. (laughs) Are you getting something out of this? That eternal spirit is waiting. Those nudgings and those. Pullings and he's him talking to you I want you I want to take you places you have never been but you have to let go of what you're holding on to in order for me to release what is in my hand you see Jesus said that I am going and because I'm going the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to take everything whatever is of my father and whatever is of mine and he's going to make it known unto you did you catch that He says anything that I've walked in, the power, the miraculous, the knowledge, the wisdom, the discernment, whatever you can, if you can name it. He says the Holy Spirit when he comes. That's why he said it is expedient that I go because the spirit is not limited. I might be limited to this one location, but he's going to be everywhere. But when he comes, he's going to teach you all truth. He's going to lead you in all truth, including the will of God. And he's going to lead you into this death. Hallelujah. He's going to lead you to lose yourself. So you can find yourself. Are you listening to me church? Yes. So the eternal spirit, even right now, He's speaking to you. He's speaking to somebody and He says, If you will give me a chance, I will transform you. I'll break you and I'll mold you. And I'll fill you and use you. But you see, we have to yield to the eternal spirit in order to receive all that eternity is and has and will do for others through us. That's why it's called the eternal spirit. It's not just another description, or another title. It relates to his work. Amen? The work of eternal life, the work of eternity, preparing us for eternity is the work of the Holy Spirit. And he's here on earth. He's here in you and in me. But you know what? He's looking for much more, not just to be given to live in the trunk of your, or of your, of your car or just in the garage of your house. Are you getting the picture I'm painting? He wants to have the keys. Amen. He wants to own the temple. He wants to own the house. You see, he wants to own it so that he can open and lock it. So that when the devil comes knocking on your door, it is not you answering the door. The Spirit of God is going to raise the standard. That is what it means in Isaiah. 59 verse 19, that when the enemy comes like a flood, the Holy Spirit is going to raise a standard. How? Because you have surrendered all authority and all control over to him. Now he's in charge. When the enemy comes, the Spirit of God is going to say, Oh, I own this place. Are you listening to me, church? He says, I own this church. I own this man. I own this body. It is mine. You touch not my anointed." Oh, Mark, oh, Roshita, I'm telling you there is a power that is going to come to you if you hear this message and begin to seek it out. There is an anointing that is fixing to come upon you and to flow in your life. God spoke to me uh, two weeks ago and he said prepare and tell my people there is a coming move that is coming. But it's only to those that will hear my voice and begin to prepare the vessel. You see, it's not your work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit through a vessel that is surrendered, sanctified, turned over to Him to prepare. <sighs> One of the services that I've, I think it's the most annoying service I've ever been through, was in '96 in Uganda. We were doing a crusade and a conference in Western Uganda. And one of the Sunday mornings, one of the pastors who was translating for us there said, Would you come and minister in my church? It's not a big church. We have about 200 people. So I said, Sure. But I don't have a message. So I go to God. I said, God, what am I going to share? He's not giving me anything. He just put me on my knees. For four hours, I'm on my knees. And then they come get me 8 in the morning. Lord, I don't have a word. He said, Don't worry about it. Just prepare the vessel. I'm still preparing the vessel. I get there, and people, I mean, they are singing, That the chairs are in the air. I mean, they are praising God. I'm saying, Holy Spirit, I don't have anything. What do I say? He said, don't worry about it. I'm preparing the vessel. And the moment, and then time came, and, and the pastor, who was also my interpreter, uh, introduced me, and I stepped up. And I'm just desperate because I'm helpless. I don't have anything to say. And I closed my eyes and I said, I love you, Jesus. That's the only thing I said in that service. And then I just kept saying, I love you, Jesus. And then after a while, I'm not hearing the interpreter translate, I love you, Jesus. I opened my eyes. The interpreter is on the floor. The whole church is on the floor. And all I said was, I love you, Jesus. Now, this is a lesson. And I'm holding on to the pulpit because the power of God is so strong. I'm trembling. And all I kept on saying, I love you, Jesus. And people in the congregation, I mean, I'm hearing people screaming. I mean, all kinds of things are happening. But only God is... I'm here. I'm helping. I can't even say hallelujah. All I'm saying, I love you, Jesus. For an hour, I'm holding on to the podium. And I'm watching... I couldn't even move. My interpreter is down. He can't get up. So we are all just waiting. After an hour later, people started getting back into, into their seats. And each and every one of them had a miracle. There are cancers that got healed. There are people from satanic worship that got delivered right there. I didn't do a thing. Now, what was the lesson for me? Because I never had anything like that. I've never seen anything like that. And all I said was, I love you, Jesus. And the Holy Spirit said to me, I needed to prepare the vessel. They didn't need to hear your good preaching. They needed me. And I needed a vessel. And because you yielded to me, I was able to do what I wanted to do. I'm sharing that to encourage you. To be a testimony to you. Most of the time we get locked up. You see we are collaborators with God. But it's Him doing the work. And so from that day 96. Unless I have the release of the Holy Spirit. I don't do a thing. And I'm telling you these meetings are going to shift. They're not only just teaching and preaching meetings. God is going to move here. In this broadcast, and you know what? Because it's not about me. I believe God is calling us to raise up a people that are on fire. And I found out that if we are gonna plug into the divine supply of heaven of the Holy Spirit, we have to be surrendered totally and reservedly, unconditionally, with our qualifications. Without conditions. Amen? Two years ago, we are in Romania. We are going to a conference. The same thing happens. Only this time he gave me a scripture. And he said, When you go, this is the scripture I want you to read. So we did worship and and we we did all the things they, they, they do, the, the praise and worship and all the other stuff. And when I got on the pulpit, he just told me, just read the scripture. The scripture that we are talking about, Psalm 24. And after I read it, it was over. People were on their knees weeping, repenting. People were just crying out to God. The pastor and I are looking at each other and he's expecting me to do something, and it's an hour. Two hours is this groaning in a session. There's like a spiritual cleansing going on. Amen. Three hours later, it was done. We said the grace and everybody had a miracle. There were backsliders that came back to the Lord. I mean, there was... It's not something that Andrew could do. God said, yield the vessel. I'll prepare the vessel. And I'll do the ministry. But you have to turn it over. So as we drive back to my hotel, the pastor is asking me, How do you do those things? <laughs> I say, what? What you did tonight? I'm, I've never seen, how do you, can you teach me how to do that? I said, sure. It's called surrender. Absolute surrender. You take all your preconceived notions out of the way. And you said, not my will, but yours be done. Are you seeing the key to a great awakening? Are you seeing in our churches? To seeing the Holy Spirit work. Galatians 2.20 Paul lost his will. That's why he could say this. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who has loved me and gave his life. You see, after you turn over, from that moment on, the life you live is by faith. You are not in charge. You are not in control of it. I know it's my, it might be a little hard for some of you to compute it, but I'm telling you, it is the good life. It is the high life. When you give up your low life, he gives you the high life. Because the high life is the heavenly life. And you begin to walk in true power, true authority, in true identity. Why? Because now you're not moved. You're not living and keeping up with Joneses, how to look good, and all the things about. You have lost sight of yourself. You see, you are crucified with him, and yet you live. Why? Because now it is Christ living in you through the work, through the power, through the Holy Spirit, and He's working in you both to will. And to do his good pleasure. Do you see it beloved? So the question is. Will you yield? Will you go before God? And take this evidence that I'm presenting to you here. And say God I want. Not only to have a pure heart. But I want to maintain it. I want to thrive in it. And I want to bring others into this glorious experience. You see, it would be awesome when... You see, Jesus said, the prince of this world, is coming, but he's got nothing in me. Why? Because he knew that the devil had nothing. He had no legal right to begin to claim anything. Why? Because he washed. He was clean. And so can you. And if there is anything, washing the blood. You see, because the blood washes you not only from your sin and your iniquity, but also the guilt and the shame. You see? And so the doors are all closed on the enemy. All this stuff that he has been bringing. You used to be this and you used to be this. All that is washed. But you've got to make perseverance of the power of the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you. Both to will and to do his good pleasure. Today, will you pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, from now on, I have no will of my own. Your will be done in me, through me, by me, and regarding me in all things. I put myself unreservedly in your hands. Now, dear Lord, do with, Do with me just what you will. What you will. Amen. Amen. God bless you. To watch on our website, receive prayer, to give, or to request a copy of Andrew's book, "Working the Works of God." Please visit us online at www.kingdomimpactministry.org or write to Kingdom Impact Ministry. P.O. Box 2073, Montrose, Colorado, 81402. This broadcast is a presentation of Kingdom Impact Ministry and is made possible by the grace of God, faithful prayers, and gifts from partners and viewers like you. Next time on Kingdom Come right now he say right there i want you to be baptized into my death and how you do that you begin to bring the works of the flesh and all iniquity and sin and all the things that defile the temple and you begin to crucify yourself